0: What's going on
1: everybody, it's me
0: Joshua Heller and Logan Chappelle.
1: Hey, what's going on y'all, how are we doing today?
0: <laughs> what's going on and uh, what are we talking about today Logan, what are we going to be talking about? Uh,
1: I think we talked about uh, a little bit of investment strategies, you know, oh. find properties and get them at a discounted rate and or you know, fix them through it, buy and hold, wholesale.
0: I know how to get them at a discounted rate. How do you do that? You find Mr. Beast <laughs> and he gives you a house for $1 and yeah. then you turn around and
1: sell I've, it. I've seen
0: that. See? There you go. End of video. We can all leave now. <laughs> yeah, no, that's all great. That's good stuff. Um, investment properties are awesome because of the cash flow and or fix and flip for quick cash, but I like cash flow. Let So let's talk about the different strategies of investing in real estate. Let's talk about let's – let's try and – um, one, Airbnb, right? Yeah. Two, rentals.
1: Well, I guess Airbnb short-term rentals. You know? Short-term rentals. You can do like a, a strategy that's underutilized in my opinion is like you know, travel nurses for like oh. rentals for them. Yes, because that's a very niche market. And if you live near a hospital, I have a friend of mine doing it now in Lancaster, and you know he's. Doing great with it because he lives right next to LGH, so you know he'll put them on usually a twelve week contract. Yeah, travel nurse. love that strategy because it, there's still a markup to what a normal rental
0: probably be, huge, huge um, markup.
1: You know, similar to like the Airbnb, how there's a markup there. Uh, that, that's an underutilized uh, short term. Yeah,
0: it's true that that was popping during COVID. Yeah, man, it exactly. was nuts. Um, yeah, I and I like the idea of Airbnb and short term rentals. I'm actually, I'm selling every single one of my uh, rentals right now to get some cash to try and do an Airbnb in Hershey. So if anybody here wants to stay in Hershey, hopefully by the time you watch this video, I'll have one and then you can look it up and I'll give you a discount, 25% off. i saying it right now.
1: There you go, I'm gonna utilize that. Go to Chocolate World, <laughs> go
0: to Hershey Park,
1: the big thing with uh, Airbnb, though, is the legislation around it. Yes, you got to make sure that you know what you're doing. Talk with your township and uh, the municip- municipality. Yep. make sure that it's allowed in your area. Because yep. realistically, um, you know, as great of an investment strategy as it is, it's taken away from a lot of the you know typical rentals, and that means there's less housing for affordable housing for folks who can't afford to necessarily buy, whether it be uh, debt to income ratio, credit score. Um, so they're, they're really cracking down on the legislation side of things. So you just need to make sure that you're in cahoots with your zoning officer and all that good stuff. And yeah. re- be ready to rock when the time comes. You don't want to buy a property to Airbnb and then find out after the purchase that you can't
0: Ooh, That would be freaking horrible. <laughs> Talk about bad exit strategy planning. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah Derry Township, where Hershey is, has its 25-foot 25, uh, 25 zoning reg from any other property or any other building in general um so it definitely limits the amount of things that you can airbnb there
1: yeah Um, i'm gonna pull up the lancaster ones quick yeah
0: lancaster city doesn't even allow airbnb anymore
1: all right i got a whole list here i don't know if you can see that (laughs) maybe we can do a pop-up here i'll send it over to my my buddy um so short-term rentals land use category needs to be commercial services uh, so not residential property By definition, a fully furnished single family dwelling that is rented on a short term basis to registered guests visiting the Lancaster area and that is not occupied by an owner or manager. Guests have use of the facilities as provided for in any contract or agreement with the owner or management company and no services such as meals or house cleaning are provided to guests. Um, There's a couple different districts where it's allowed. Again, hopefully we get that pop up there. Um, And there's a few conditions for approval by right, and there's a parking requirement as well. Um, So definitely, you know, (laughs) so so many
0: guidelines, man, and they're different everywhere. So definitely make sure if it's something you want to do. The other side of Airbnb is Airbnb arbitrage, um, where you don't actually purchase a property and you uh, rent it from the owner and then you sublease it out. And again, with that, make sure you're being transparent and telling the owner exactly what you're planning on doing and that your lease allows subletting because, yeah, you don't want to get sued.
1: (laughs) Yeah, no, I mean, that's a great way to do it with next to no money. Uh, Realistically, you just got to pay for furnishing and, you know, hopefully no renovation costs, but, you know, you might need to factor some reno in there. Um, but again, those, uh, stipulations, like I just listed all for Lancaster or wherever you're at still apply so yep. you have to make sure that you know what, uh, you know, your guidelines are and you're following them and making sure that the property is, you know, good to go yep. for that.
0: So that's kind of the Airbnb in a nutshell, you know, everybody kind of at this point knows a little bit about it, of what it is. I don't um, know everybody uses it. Yeah. No, no, oh, absolutely.
1: Not everybody uses yeah. It. It's a hotel
0: space. Well it's it's funny because I actually have never stayed in Airbnb, I don't think really yeah
1: that's pretty much all I, uh, I but feel. here's i use a timeshare for my yeah. like, big vacation but every time i go anywhere for like a day or two or like yeah. a convention or anything i'm, I'm going Airbnb. yeah i would
0: definitely probably use it well i don't know see and and that's the tough part is that i guess i've never really thought about it but like the places we go they're all like resorts exactly so and, that, and that's
1: what i mean i use a timeshare for my resort <coughs> my big vacation at the yeah. here. but you know, all my little things it's all airbnb
0: yeah right. i've seen some awesome airbnb properties like mansions that like have crazy cool rooms and them. But yeah, so that's Airbnb. That's one kind of investment strategy with real estate. I would say second one that's pretty awesome that a lot of people utilize is the Burr method. You want to talk about the Burr method? Oh yeah. I've
1: got a lot of uh, investors I work with that use the Burr method. Find a property that is you know somewhat in shambles, uh, undervalued at its current state. Um, buy it, discount, you rehab it, you rent it out, and then you refinance, get that money back. And then everybody likes to throw that last R in their repeat. You know, you yeah. just, it's a domino effect then because you keep you know, stacking property on property.
0: And the nice part about that is it's basically endless because you're using hard money to purchase the property. And then once it's purchased and you have your reno in the hard money, you fix it up, you can stick a tenant in it, you get the rental income, and then the refinance part is going and getting a conventional loan um, from a bank and paying back the hard money that's at, you know, 10% interest, whatever, um, getting into a, a long term loan. And then the tenant obviously is paying the mortgage. You're building equity every month and hopefully you get a little bit of passive cash flow as well on top of it. And then you can repeat that because um, the only thing I will say is watch out when you're doing that to make sure that your debt to income stays where it needs to be for you to qualify for the conventional loan then, because you need to have some banks, it's six months. Other banks, it's a year worth of rental income on the books for them to count your tenant paying your mortgage off of your debt to income.
1: Okay and then also with that i mean if it's done the right way um like not the right way there's many ways to do it but the the best way is when you do that cash out refi you actually get paid to buy that property exactly if you you buy it at a purchase price and you do all the calculations of This is the renovation cost, and this is the purchase price with all my closing costs, taxes, all that. You got to
0: force appreciation. Exactly,
1: Um, and then you know when you actually get that cash out refi, if you bought it for a hundred and put a hundred into it, you maybe get paid you know two twenty when it's all said and done. You you collect twenty grand or ten grand or whatever it may be on the back end. Um, so you actually got paid to buy that property. So you put a little money in your pocket, and then you have a cash flowing <laughs> asset. Where you know you might not be making hand over fist money. It might be you know two to five hundred dollars a month, but it's still positive cash flow. Um, you're tucking away money for any un- unforeseen expenses down the line, um, and you got paid to buy a, a property that is now paying you. Yeah, that's the best way to do it. Not <laughs> always the case.
0: Yeah. Well, and that's that's where uh, Logan was texting me earlier. It's all about the purchase price. You got to make sure that your numbers are correct. So like you have you it's like imperative <laughs> that you do the calculations correct or else you can end up with a freaking hot potato.
1: <laughs> and you got to know what you're doing when you're walking that property. If you're an investor and you're the cash guy and you might not be, you know, super savvy on the the renovation side and rehab side, have your inspector or your contractor or whoever you have that's going to take care of everything come with you. You know, you don't want to say, oh well, I know this takes this much. I've done this before, that yeah. takes that much, whatever it may be, you know, painting, flooring, you know, little cosmetic stuff. I mean what happens when I this happened to one of my uh, you know old investors. He bought a free unit and he went in there to remodel the bathroom. Well when he went through the ceiling which is, I mean, this is one of those freak accidents. He went through the ceiling, and there was a leak from one of the pipes from the upstairs bathroom. Wow! It cost him an extra twenty thousand dollars to like figure everything out. Then that he was not planning for. Yeah, that. Um, and I don't know how that would have been able to been caught, um, you know, throughout that inspection process, um, because realistically, until he went through the old cellar, the old, um, seller, the old <laughs> owner had put layers of drywall. Um, you know, <laughs> completely like, you know. I bet that was
0: on the seller's disclosure <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I guarantee he could have went back if he really
1: wanted to uh, oh my know, god kind of some sort of a- uh <laughs>
0: That is like literally the definition of sweeping it under the rug. Yeah, Let's just was, put more drywall. It was a mess. Dude. it was a mess. But, I mean, oh you know, you my God. Cash so realistically, yeah. it
1: all worked out, but you know, <clears> there <throat> are those things that come up that are unforeseen. And that's the point. You just got to make sure that, you know, you go in there with a good scope of work and you know exactly what it's going to cost. Like John yep. said, you know, alluded to the, the numbers is where it's at. You need to make yes. sure the numbers are right. And then you, you'll be smooth sailing from
0: there. Yep. So that's the Burr method. Um, so we've covered arbitrage, or uh, Airbnb, short term, and yeah. Burr.
1: How about you uh, tell us a little bit about wholesaling? I know that's your favorite. I've
0: never done wholesaling in my life. I don't even know, what is that? <laughs> What's wholesaling?
1: Well, I, it depends. are you talking uh, assignable contracts or are you actually looking at taking down the property and then you know putting it back on the market, more like a wholesale or you know, there, there's so many different ways about it. You know, yeah. Why don't you uh, elaborate?
0: Yeah, so um, wholesaling is the art <laughs> of negotiating with a distressed seller to get a low enough price to be able to make a margin selling it to an investor. And when I say selling it, you're not selling the property, you're selling a piece of paper. You're selling the contract. It's basically a form of uh, day trading almost. (laughs) It's the real estate uh, day trade um, where you're, I mean, even in technical terms, you could do an option contract. So like, like you're trading stocks like options um, you're, you're, you're basically getting a property under contract and then selling the rights to that contract to an investor who will pay you a fee for basically bringing that deal, right? Um, so that is wholesaling. And why people like wholesaling is because it requires little to no money. Um, what I will tell you is there are a lot of laws around wholesaling that are coming into fruition, Philadelphia has an enacted you must get a uh wholesaling license, which is kind of cool. I like the idea of it. Um it doesn't require you to become an agent or anything like that or even take tests or anything. It basically is you filing the paperwork, passing a background check and they'll issue issue you a Philadelphia wholesale license which allows you to wholesale. There's some stipulations to it. You have to give the homeowner um a link where they're able to go and look up the value of their property because basically why wholesalers get a bad rap or a bad name is people see it as you're deceiving the homeowner and stealing their equity out of their property so that you can make money um, and sell it to somebody else, to an investor. Um, I can understand why people see it that way and I have seen it that way in the past um, the only difference or problem is is that this is the way that the economy works in whole. When you go to Walmart, they bought from a wholesaler. Do you know how many times that product is marked up? Manufacturer, wholesaler, retailer, end user, there are so many ways that that product is marked up. So, what wholesaling really is in real estate is very much the same, no different than the regular retail marketplace. So I think there's, you know, there's ethical ways of doing wholesaling. Um, I particularly don't wholesale anymore um, on a large scale. We used to uh, wholesale nationwide. Um, Now I'm more focused in other niches of real estate, but it's definitely an uh, an investment strategy. It's a a vehicle. Um, So, oh, and the other thing I'll say is to have the means to, to purchase the property or at least be able to put a down payment sufficient enough or hard money lenders that you can work with if you need to purchase the property. Because at the end of the day, um, actually, when you enter into an agreement of sale for a property and you have no intentions or means to be able to actually purchase the property, that's actually illegal.
1: And so that was what I was going to bring up. I'm glad you said that. Is the reason why, another reason why a lot of wholesalers get a bad rep is because they pose these cash buyers and then they Correct. will ghost the, the seller, the owner of the property. <laughs> If yeah. they don't find somebody to assign the contract to. So Correct. If it's a 30-day contingency period, oh, yeah, we'll close in 30 days. I mean, this seller thinks that their property is sold, and they're yep. receiving those funds in 30 days. Yep. Um, and then they just go ghost and MIA. Yeah. And that, that's why, you know. It's messed up, of, man. Yeah, that's why a lot of wholesalers get a bad rap. You can't really avoid it. That's why the legislation's coming into play. you got to make sure from a, an owner or a seller standpoint, you just need to make sure that you're doing your due diligence and, you know, making sure that you're working with a reputable company. Yep. Um, and I mean the benefit to the seller. I mean, you, you want to elaborate on the but, sure. And it, it's quick cash for them. Um, they're working with investors, which means typically no uh, really contingencies. You know, yep. it's the, they're coming in with cash, um, and you know the the wholesaler is the one that has that network of investors. And yeah, they are able to just middleman the deal. Um, the investor is looking for a, a strong uh, investment property for themselves, whether they're using the bird method, they want to Airbnb it at some point, they want to just fix and flip it. Um, you know, and then the seller gets what they need out of the poor situation, whether they're behind on taxes, mortgage, et cetera. Yeah,
0: absolutely. There's definitely benefits and it, you know, that strategy works for some sellers for sure to, to be able to just kind of walk away from a property.
1: Um, I mean, I'll touch on this. One of our agents in office right now, he, uh, he has a couple of properties that he's wholesaling himself that are his own properties. He's a licensed agent. Why would he go and wholesale his properties? Well, he wants to keep it off the market. He wants to avoid paying commissions to a buyer agent yep. because he's an agent himself. I mean, realistically, he just wants to retain the, the majority of the equity, and he doesn't mind giving a little bit of a deal as a package deal to offload you know, four properties at one time to an investor rather than keep them all in-house on him and then have to list each one, go through the whole process, maybe potentially get an inspection that's done that, you know, red, <coughs> red flags, one of the properties that needs a lot of work done, um, you know, and then that holds him up, he has to disclose that inspection, you know, from here on out. And, yep. You know, it, it's just a, a smoother, faster way for him to just say, hey, here, take these off my hands and I get what the money that I'm looking for out of
0: it. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, you know, for everybody to be determined, there's definitely people out there and me being one of them too. Like I, if I'm selling a deal um, and I just want it gone, I don't really care what you're doing with it. I don't care if you're a wholesaler. I don't care is all, all I want to know is it, I, am I getting the money that is on that agreement, right? Like I don't, I don't really care if you're gonna resell it for a million dollars. I'm looking for what I want out of it. Yep. So
1: one other thing real quick on, the, on that is a lot of sellers want to keep properties off market. Um, mm-hmm. I know there's a lot of folks that I've talked to that are like, I don't want a whole lot of showings. I don't want people coming through my house. Yep. I don't need my neighbors to know that I'm selling like people are personal. And if their yeah. house isn't necessarily in the shape that they would like it to be, yep. they don't need that to be public information. So they'd rather hit somebody up and have them off-market, backdoor to an investor, they don't care as long as they get their money in a timely manner, and everybody wins it
0: up. And you think about it, I mean, it's, it's very similar to, like, you go to sell your car or go to buy a new car, and the car dealer, you know, you're trading it in or whatever, everybody knows they're offering you fifty percent, maybe even less, and what your true value is. And everybody knows that because they're in the business to make money. So they, they gotta put money into it and then resell it for a profit, right? Like it's the same it's the same thing. People get very emotional when it comes to properties because they they get emotionally attached to them. You know, so it 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 can it can be tricky. But but yeah, so that's that's wholesaling.
1: Uh, yeah, um, I had touched on it. We haven't elaborated on it. Uh, fix and flips. That's yeah. another one. Uh, another really great strategy. You got to be very conservative with your numbers. Right now in the market that we're in, yep. Um, you know, back six, ten, twelve months ago, um, everything was flying off the market. You could buy property at you know somewhat of a discount. Um, you know, it, from a wholesaler potentially, and yep. put you know a cu- couple thousand dollars into it, and maybe make ten, twenty thousand on it. Yep. Now. Deals are everywhere, but now you got to make sure that when you go to put them back on the market that you're going to get a return on your money because you have your, whether you're paying out of your pocket or you're paying a hard money lender, you got to pay them back and pay yourself back. Yep. Um, and you make sure that you come up with, you know, if you're putting twenty, thirty, 30, a hundred thousand dollars into a property, you need to get some sort of return to make sure it's worth your time.
0: Yep. Absolutely. Like you said, just be very, very conservative on your number, especially now because of the market that we're in. Um, you know, there's not, 25 offers on a, on a deal anymore. We're getting properties now for buyers that literally have 6% sellers assist on them yeah. and they're bringing no money to the table, you know. Like that's the market we're in now, so yep
1: yeah so i mean that's why like right now a lot of the investors i'm working with although i do work with some flippers i've been trying to push a lot of burrs um, a lot of opportunities on multi-units that need a lot of work and let's buy them at a discount fix them up rent them out get your money out of it even if you don't get your ideal situation where you get paid to buy the property and you might be you know under a couple thousand dollars it's okay because you'll make that back in the cash flow and if you want to you know, sell down the road, by all means, you can sell down the road, give it two, three years, wait till the market, you know, changes a little bit. Yeah. Unless, um, you, unless you purchase at the right price. Yep.
0: Yep. Yep. Um, yeah. So that's fix and flip. Let's talk about one more that um, came to me, uh, seller financing. That's my favorite. So our finance yeah, that's deals. My, that's my
1: personal favorite, only because uh, you know there's opportunity to purchase a property with no money out of your pocket. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cash flow the whole time. It's similar. It can be done similarly to what you were talking about with the Airbnb arbitrage. Yep. You can kind of sublease it out. Um, basically, the the owner would hold the note and make payments to that uh, that owner. The best situation is if the property's free and clear, um, so you don't have to worry about the mortgage and Pay, pay them a monthly, whatever you guys agree upon. The beauty of it is it's creative financing. You can structure it however it's beneficial for all parties. And, yep. you know, uh, the way that you and I like to structure it oftentimes is, you know, have a, a balloon payment at the end. So that way we can maximize our cash flow. Um, then we'll typically structure it with an option to, to purchase or to sell at the end. Um, and then, you know, five years down the line when we owe that seller, you know, the, that, that lump sum payment we'll uh you know just go and sell the property and collect our profits and give give them what we owe them and walk, walk our separate ways
0: yeah yeah it's it's nice to structure it like as like a lease option right like a lease option with the right to sublet it basically is what it what it looks like so that you can get in it you know make the monthly payments rent it out to somebody else have them make those monthly payments plus cash flow and then you know in whatever your term is, five, 10 years or whatever, when that balloon comes due, if you want the option to purchase it, um,
1: which if the, if the cash flows there, we would do, you know?
0: right. Or yeah, cash flow is there. And, or you find somebody who wants to buy it from you, then obviously you can, you can make a margin off of what you owe yeah, then at the, the end job. and what you're selling it to the person who's, who's buying it from you. So there's multiple different kind of exit strategies. There ways to make money.
1: Yeah, and uh, anybody who's listening, if you guys have any properties that you guys are looking to sell and are yeah. interested in this method, the, the benefit to the seller and the owner in this scenario is the way that we normally structure it is anywhere from you know 110 to 115% of market value. Right. So you're getting more than what the property's worth. It just comes in, in due time.
0: Uh, yeah. So it's for anybody who's, who's looking to maximize how much money they make off of it and doesn't necessarily need all of that cash up front. It's almost like an investment strategy for the seller as well, because yep, you're they're, investor. yep they're they're you're basically getting passive cash flow. You know, you're getting passive money from the deal without having to do anything.
1: Yeah, um, yep. yeah, so that's
0: yeah. My favorite, love that. So yeah, th- those are kind of the different ways of, and I'm sure there's a lot more. You know, just creative or, or techniques that are out there. Um, I find it funny because like wholesaling is like mainstream now. Like, yeah, it, it was bad. nobody, nobody freaking even knew what wholesaling was. Like, there was like, and I started wholesaling probably just a little bit before it started to go like mainstream. There was like, you couldn't really find anything about it like online. Like, there was like threads in bigger pockets. That was it. There's no YouTubes, there wasn't, you know, anybody pushing it on social media. Um, and I will tell you, it was a hell of a lot easier to operate then because there weren't a million people giving wholesale offers.
1: Yeah. There <laughs> so much smoke and mirrors. People were doing yes. it a little bit more ethically at that point. Yeah.
0: Well, and how it started really like 20, 30 years ago was that a fix and flipper would get so many deals under contract and then they would look and say, oh, I ran out of capital or I don't have enough time or crew to manage this one. And then instead of closing on the deal, they would call up their buddy that they knew that was also a fix and flipper and say, hey, I got this deal. I've got too many in the pipe. Would you want it? And make some money off of it. So it was kind of a – it wasn't a business operation. It was was the fray of like – consolidating stuff that they weren't going to do something
1: like. And how many co- calls did we have we had like that throughout, you know, when we were on the, you know, national wholesale, I talked to yep. so many owners. Now they actually had closed on the property at that point, but they were working on, you know, anywhere from three to 10 projects at the time. And right. And they're like, man, I need to liquidate. Right? Exactly. Like, yep. I need to get some cash out of these properties. So, yep. you know, Hey, this one's not done yet. I know you guys have a pool of investors you work with. Right. And you, you know, just collect a middleman fee and flip it to someone for me. And yep. You know that we, we helped a lot of people doing it that way and made a lot of money doing it that Yeah, way.
0: yeah. So those are kind of the different ways or uh, some of the different strategies to invest in real estate. If you got any value out of today's video, please like, subscribe, and give us a comment. Let us know that my hair is better than Logan's. And that's um, anything that you guys want to touch on. That's why he's getting a haircut today. <laughs> yeah, I need a haircut, you see this? Yes. I get it cut once a week. My my wife's a hairdresser, so.
1: In the comments, tell me he needs to shave.
0: No, I don't. I should grow it longer, shouldn't I? Before
1: Josh ends this video, I wanted you guys to know that here at JR Heller, what we do. Um, not only do we provide mortgage services and real estate services, but our strategies for all sellers and owners. Um, part of this investment, uh, you know, video that we put together, we offer cash offers, which is you know us taking down the property ourselves. We'll buy directly from you. You deal with nobody else. None of this wholesale stuff. Um, We do still wholesale, so we have a a pool of cash investors that you know we can agree upon a price, and then we'll give it to an investor and collect a fee from them. So no commissions to you, and we'll keep it off market. Um, We do obviously offer the uh, real estate services, so you know I can step in and and be your realtor and put it on the market, get on the MLS, and get you top dollar for your property. Um, And then taking that one step further, if you want to get more than market value, we will also do any sort of creative seller finance with you as well.
0: Absolutely, and I sell money, so if anybody. He wants money. I'm looking for people to give money to, to buy a house. So hit me up if you want some money.
1: He's able to get a lot of people pre-approved. I sent him some uh, messy cases and he's done very well so far. So.
0: Yeah, we can actually go down and we can go down to 520 credit score um, on your FICO. Um, that does not mean that it's easy and it will require at least 20% down. Even if it's a USDA or FHA, you're going to have to come with more money down. But if you have a bunch of money that you're willing to put down and you have a a bad credit score, we can do it for sure. So guys, thank you. you Appreciate it. Have a good one.